So this isn't your father's Stanford football team, but they're still pretty smart about the way they play football up there on the farm. We're going to find out if that's good enough to beat this year's USC team on this episode of Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thanks for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, we're free. And I thank you for coming along for the ride. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that red subscribe button. It means a lot. And if you're just listening for free on one of your favorite podcast platforms, go ahead and hit me up on Twitter at Mark Culkin and tell me what you like about the show. Tell me what you don't like about the show. I want to first apologize for the uh, yesterday's episode getting a late start. We had some technical difficulties. Hopefully that has been cleared up. However, um, we're going to get started on our first stop of the revenge tour for USC football in 2022. As you know, <clears throat> last year, uh, Stanford essentially started the uh, the Lincoln-Riley era process when they came into the Coliseum and knocked off USC 42-28, to 28, uh, ending the Clay Hilton era. And I know uh, a lot of people are very grateful to Stanford for finally making that come to fruition. However, uh, it's also become a tradition for Stanford and USC to meet up the first game of the conference play, whether that's at the Coliseum or this year up there in Northern California, up on the farm. So both teams are one to know this year. Uh, you know, just a real quick recap, USC knocked off Rice 66 to 14 and Stanford handled uh, Colgate at home 41 to 10. Now, uh, quick note, uh, USC has beaten, um, they haven't beaten Stanford up there since 2014, and the Trojans are only 5-9 and nine against the Cardinal overall since 2009. Um, so they've always been a, a thorn in their side, so to speak. As I mentioned, um, last year Stanford ended the Clay Helton era, this year, USC is in the top 10, heading up there with Lincoln Riley and a different culture and a different personality and players who, again, uh, we mentioned this on the show yesterday. Uh, Eric Gentry said it very eloquently. He didn't come to USC to beat Rice or Stanford. He came to USC to win a national championship. So uh, that's how they're approaching this game. It's just Stanford. It's just another game in the process. Uh, you know, Stanford, you know, we know USC warmed up against Rice fairly easily. Uh, Stanford, their, the final score showed 41 to 10. They had an easy time with, uh, with their opponent. Um, but it wasn't as easy as USC's game. Uh, they, you know, USC created, collected four turnovers against uh, Rice. Stanford actually turned the ball over 
four times against their opponent. So um, that's not a good sign. Hopefully that trend, both those trends will continue. Hmm, pardon me. Um, and, you know, like I said, this isn't your typical Stanford team that, you know, they come in and they're just going to try and beat you with brute um, and with with brute and uh, brute strength and their their uh, man, it's late. I'm sorry, and their brains turn mine on. Right. Anyway, uh, what if I told you that last year it wasn't USC who finished dead last in conference and rushing? It was the Stanford Cardinal. Well, it's true. They averaged as a team. Stanford Cardinal. That's what I said. This isn't your your father's team, your your father's Stanford team. They averaged less than eighty eight yards per game. Not good, um, but they're still you know they're they're always going to be that program who's thought of as I was trying to spit the words out earlier. They're going to want to you know beat you on the ground, running the ball, and um, they want to kind of you know be more physical than you are. Uh, but you know, if you look back, they, that it's not who they are anymore. Um, it they're just not that team. So uh, again, ninth in the conference rushing over what uh, the last three years is I think of what they're averaging, and last year dead last, and it was USC that you know they embarrassed. And that just shows you how poorly USC was playing last year. USC had four wins. Stanford, I think, finished with three wins. Yikes. Uh, I know they they finished the year on a seven-game losing streak, so the game against Colgate was their first win in quite a while. Uh, so if, US, if USC can stop that, that, that Stanford ground game, uh, they, it's going to fall on the shoulders of Stanford's quarterback, Tanner McKee, who, you know, I mentioned he's, he's considered a first-round draft pick. He's got that type of talent, and uh, against uh, Colgate, I, he was 22 for 27, 300 yards, a couple of touchdowns, but he did uh, contribute to the, one of those four turnovers with an interception. Uh, also, remember, he, he got his first career start against USC last year in L.A., and uh, he, he showed out pretty well. 16 for 23, 234 yards, a couple touchdowns, and he also ran for one. So you can see that he's got the talent. He's already familiar with USC's personnel. And uh, we're going to see if he can repeat what he did last year. If he does, um, that might not be good news for the Trojans or their fans making the trip up to Palo Alto. I'll be there. So while, you know, keep in mind, he's not a, uh, Tanner isn't, you know, like Caleb Williams. He's he's not considered a significant running threat, uh, but he has good pocket awareness. He can move around, and if he needs to take off and pick up a first down, uh, he'll move the chains to keep the drive going. Uh, the running game is basically going to come down between uh, EJ Smith and Casey Filkins, as we mentioned on yesterday's episode, uh, Emmett had Emmett, <laughs> Emmett's kid EJ had an 87-yard touchdown run on the first play of the game, 
but um, not much there after that. So if, uh, again, let's, let's make Stanford beat USC through the air. And that, that they could pose a challenge for USC there. They've got, look, USC might have one of the best wide receiver groups in the country. However, Stanford might have one of the bigger uh, wide receiver groups in the country. Across the board, these guys are, you know, we're looking at 6'3", 6'2", 6'4", 6'5", 6'2". That's not bad. Uh, you know, USC's secondary, they've got some good size at the safety group. And at cornerback, um, you know, they brought in Makai Blackman from Colorado. Sia Wright, was start, you know, he started the first game. Uh, he's he's well over six foot, six one, six two, right in there. So they can match up, um, but will they be able to uh, match up when Stanford goes to those jump ball situations that they're they're famous for, both in the end zone and along the sidelines? And uh, you know, if if Stanford is able to hit on those, um, we'll see. You know if they're able, you know, to control the clock. Uh, if if David Shaw recognizes, hey, you know, we've got an advantage here, and now he can control the way that the tempo is played by saying, all right, first, second down, we, we try and run or play the short passing game. Uh, even if we're in second mid and third and long, I've got size advantage with my receivers against the secondary. Uh, he might try and play that card to see how it works out. It's a chess game. We'll see. Against uh, Colgate, uh, Stanford's leading receiver, uh, Michael Wilson, how'd he do? He was uh, he had five receptions for 82 yards and a couple of touchdowns. John Humphreys, what is he? Uh, he's 6'4", 212 pounds. Mike Wilson, 6'2", 210. Uh, Humphreys had four catches for 88 yards. So, again... Um, it's going to be interesting to see if USC's defense can force uh, Stanford to play the way to get out of their comfort zone. It'll be interesting to see how that works out. Uh, much like USC, the tight end for Stanford wasn't really a factor against Colgate. They probably didn't need to use them, and that's why. Uh, I think they had one reception out of that group. And uh, it went for one yard. So there you go. But again, Stanford always has some talented tight ends. And more than likely, they will be more involved in the offensive uh, philosophy or the game plan this weekend. So um, will the USC linebackers and safeties be able to control, again, Stanford size? That's what they're known for. Um, But that's also usually when Stanford has one of those dominant offensive lines. And again, that hasn't, Stanford hasn't been there lately. Uh, They do have some, you know, some talent. You might recognize uh, Walter Rouse. Um, I know USC went after him. He's their starting left tackle. You've got Jake Hornibrook at starting left guard. Drake Nugent, your starting center. Branson Bragg at right guard and Miles Hinton at uh, at right tackle. So 318, 308, 300, 315, and 320 going left to right. So again, that's a it's a veteran line. And 
but they're just not producing that first line NFL talent like uh, I think everyone's been accustomed to over the last you know decade. The last half a decade, they just haven't been there. Um, so we'll see if uh, USC is able to make sure that the Stanford doesn't look like the old Stanford of old. Now, uh, they they were good enough to protect Tan, uh, Tanner McKee, kept him upright, kept his uniform clean, so they didn't give up a sack. However, they did give up uh, five tackles for loss. Um, and Stanford, is, they are coming off a year where they gave up 31 sacks last year. So can the USC Russians take advantage? Corey Foreman, Romello Haight, Tuli Tuiapolotu, are they uh, are they going to be able to create some havoc? This will be a great time to do it on national TV. Uh, so again, big step up from Rice, uh, but if if USC truly is a top ten team and they're capable of winning the Pac-12 this season, uh, then you know what I think this is a this is probably a, an offensive line that USC should be able to uh, take care of. Definitely a line you want to check out is head over to betonline.net because they're your number one source. Okay, there we go. Uh, For all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season, find all the latest sports Football League developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, golf. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends. And action bet online where the game starts. <clears throat> so on the other side of the ball for Stanford, uh, they return experience. Nine of their twelve listed starters are either seniors or fifth-year players, and that includes the back seven. So um, this is a defense that because. Um, they have experience, especially in that secondary. Um, they like to leave those corners on an island. Let's just go over uh, that secondary real quick. You've got uh, Kai, uh, Caillou Blue Kelly, who took care of USC by himself last year. Um, he had, what, uh, finished with seven tackles, four pass deflections, as well as a uh, pick six for 31 yards. Ethan Bonner, Patrick Fields, uh, we'll get into him here in a little bit, Kendall Williamson, and Jonathan McGill. The secondary, um, look, USC has a wide receiver group that causes a lot of problems. Um, And they've got a play caller that knows how to create problems for the opposition. Um, I'm going to give the advantage here. Back to USC, even with uh, Caillou Blue Kelly returning and Patrick Fields coming in over from Oklahoma to Stanford. Um, I, I just think that with 
with, with the town that USC has on the outside. And, you know, you got a legitimate running game to go against the Stanford defense uh, with Austin Jones, um, Travis Dye, Darwin Barlow, Ray Leak Brown. And once again, um, Graham Harrell isn't calling plays. You have Caleb Williams at quarterback. This is just a much more dynamic offense than Stanford, I think, is going to be capable of, of dealing with. But it's going to come down to, again, who can control both sides of the ball in the trenches. And if you do that, then you're going to control the tempo of the game. USC just needs to have those extra possessions. Two or three extra, they're going to win, in my opinion. Um so again, they're up front. They're young on the edges, and uh, so that might be a fun battle to watch USC's offensive line because USC's offensive line is very experienced. Um, again, your starters we're assuming left tackle is going to be Cortland Ford, left guard Andrew Voorhees, Brett Nylon at center, right guard Justin Dietrich, Jonah Monheim at right tackle. So uh, Cortland Ford, Bobby Haskins will be doing that rotating thing. They're going to be going up against Stephen Heron, and you might recognize the name David Bailey. USC was uh, recruiting him out of modern day. He's actually starting and playing as a freshman at Stanford. So two ways of looking at that. One, he's a very talented young man. Two, and I think this is where you should probably underline, the fact that Stanford's relying on a freshman says that they're, Stanford hasn't been recruiting and developing uh, the talent that, again, we've been more accustomed to. When I go back to this, isn't your Stan- your father's Stanford team? They're going through a transition. And whether or not David Shaw just hasn't found those players or that he hasn't, the, the coaches haven't been developing those type of players, something has been amiss with Stanford uh, these last five or so years. So hopefully they don't find their mojo, again, they don't find their mojo again on Saturday. Uh, Against Colgate, um, those guys actually were able to put up 160 yards of rushing on 31 carries. It's a 4.1 clip. USC should be able to match that. Uh, I would, if USC is running the ball 30 times, they're winning the game, and probably handedly. Uh, we know that Lincoln likes to keep his uh, offense balanced, but uh, 30 run plays, to me, against Stanford would be a significant number. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, for line At linebacker for, for Stanford, um, they go, uh, their starters are Jacob Magnum Farrar, Lavani Demute, Demuni and Ricky Maison against uh, in their first game. Uh, Demuni led the team in tackles, um, uh, I guess, by a wide margin. So we'll we'll see how these guys do. Again, I didn't get to really see much of that Stanford Colgate game, so it's I, I can't put a lot of my own spin on it. But just looking at the numbers and and reading some of the breakdown. I, I think everyone would agree and believe that USC has better talent across the board than Colgate. And yeah, USC and Stanford 
for them, they probably can't, you know, use a very vanilla uh, game plan against two very overmatched opponents. So we'll see if uh, David Shaw is willing to open up the playbook on both sides of uh, on the ball. How exotic is he willing to get on defense? Again, they've never had to account for a quarterback at USC like a Caleb Williams. I, I, we're this is a new. Uh, something new for David Shaw as well. I personally think this is going to be when USC goes into halftime, they're already going to have covered their, uh, I, I believe at betonline.net, it was uh, USC was open at 10 and a half. I think USC is already going to cover that and they're going to pull away in the second half and win rather easily. And then special teams, I think this is an advantage for USC um, against Again, in their opening game, Stanford was, you know, muffing the ball. Uh, twice they were in, unable to do it on the punt return. One of them, Colgate recovered. And Stanford only uh, returned two kickoffs for 13 yards. That's not good. There's seven punts, punt returns, seven punt return yards on six attempts. That's even worse. I'm going to give the advantage on special teams to USC. Um, hopefully we don't see uh, Stanford doing a lot of uh, punt returns. So maybe they get the advantage. <laughs> Who knows? If USC's not punting the ball, that means they're scoring touchdowns. And hopefully they're not turning it over the old-fashioned way. All right. So there you go. Um, offense, defensive breakdowns. I think everybody anticipates USC and Stanford having a feeling out, feeling out process for those first couple of series. Uh, USC on the road. Hey, if USC wins the coin toss, does Stanford, will Lincoln Riley want to go on offense again? I think that's his personality. He's going to want to test that Stanford defense to see what they're all about so he can make some adjustments. If Stanford wins the coin toss, do they want to be on defense first? Will they defer? Again, it's a chess game. We'll, who's going to control the line of scrimmage? That's going to determine the game, and it will determine the tempo of the game. Let's go over some news and notes before we get out of here for this week of Locked on USC. Always five episodes, you get me, five days a week. So uh, on the injury note, it's been a kind of a, you know, we talk about it. We don't. If Again, let me re- reiterate. If Lincoln Riley mentions a name publicly, we can talk about the injuries, the injury report, who will possibly play, who won't. Uh, so Ray Leak Brown's name was brought up uh, Thursday when we spoke to Lincoln after practice via Zoom. And he was asked about um, his availability. And he says, I, I wouldn't be close to ruling anybody out of this point, end quote. Okay. So a little vague. I'm going to throw my two cents into this. When I saw uh, Ray Leak on Wednesday, uh, if I was a betting guy, I would say he's going to be given a chance to show what he can do. How much opportunity we'll find out in the game. Uh, as far as Dejon Benton, the other known uh, injured starter. Again, you heard Lincoln Riley's uh, response to the question. I'm leaning towards we 
probably won't see him and hopefully we don't need him. Let's develop, you know, let's see what we've got. I know the depth is thin, but let's see what's behind Dejan. Nick Figueroa should be able to get the job done. Solo um, Tule Alpupu has been getting rave reviews from his defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch. And uh, I, I think we saw glimpses of what he did last year. Corey Foreman, Romello Haight, rush in, go get the quarterback. Hey, if Colgate can get five TFLs, um, I expect USC to match that number, minimum. And let's, let's get out of there with a few sacks. Let's, let's introduce Tanner McKee to the turf, right? Is it, remember, this is a revenge tour. Make them feel the pain that USC and their fans had to feel last year at home. It's not a good feeling. Um, Patrick Fields, I mentioned his name earlier. So he came in to Stanford from Oklahoma. He was one of Oklahoma's captains. And uh, he started all 13 games for Lincoln and Alex Grinch in 2021 and finished with 80 tackles and two interceptions. So, as you know, USC brought in Austin Jones from Stanford. So those two kind of cancel each other out as far as having knowledge of each other and um, spreading uh, spreading that information to their coaching staffs. Alex Grinch um, and Lincoln Riley both spoke really highly of, uh, of Patrick Fields. So you know he's a very special player. And uh, I hopefully... Uh, their account, you know, USC football staff is accounting for him on Saturday, not letting not letting him make plays against his former uh, his former coaches. That wouldn't be good. On the recruiting front, real quick, I'm sure everybody has heard by now. Um, Braxton Myers, the defensive back from Texas, has decommitted from USC. Look, people can speculate. There's lots of reasons why players decommit. You know. Fancy highlight reels and say, oh, man, that guy's a four-star. That's what the you know recruiting ranking says. We've got to have him. Coaches look at things a little bit differently. They don't look at the, the highlight films. They look at game film, and they're looking for, you know, how's a player reacting to a play? Did he get beat? What was his body language? Um, how did he react on a good play? Uh, what's he doing on the sideline when his team is on offense? Uh, is he giving 100% effort if something, you know, if he's not involved in the play on the field? Those are the things that, you know, the coaching staff is looking at. And, you know, if the coaches aren't seeing those things, um, messages get back to recruits very quickly. And sometimes recruits, you know, they might want to stay home. They might find out that distance plays a factor. Again, you know, Recruiting, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. So don't always look for something negative. It, you know, you just kind of have to roll with it. Recruiting, recruiting is very fluid. And you don't, as a USC fan, don't worry about USC recruiting with Lincoln Riley as the head coach. You just don't have to be concerned. Um, so take a deep breath. You're going to get a decommit. But you're also probably going to get a commitment. Uh, you really need to head out when you're done making Locked on USC your first listen. Make sure you head on over to WeRSC.com and check out Scott Schrader. We've got some, he's got uh, some recruiting information for you. 
regarding Jason Mitchell. Will he or will he not reclassify for the 2023 class? Uh, he's the super athlete from Sarah in Gardena, California. His father um, played wide receiver at USC. So, a legacy player. All right, uh, we're going to get out of here for this week. Not a whole lot more we can really talk about. We've gone over, you know, USC, their big win against uh, Rice. We've got the broken down USC versus Stanford. Uh, I've got USC winning big. You can head on over to, uh, again, we are a C and read my yay or nay column for my official score prediction. But trust me, they win handedly. Until we meet again, everyone here, you know what to do. 